Welcome to Untold Physio Stories Podcast, your perfect commute resource with physio failures, successes, interesting cases, and more from the physio and rehab world with your host, Drs. Andrew Rothschild and Urson Religioso. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories Podcast. I'm one of your host, Dr. E, with Modern Manual Therapy, Edge Mobility System, and my all-new private network, The Eclectic Approach. You can check that out, modmt.com slash members. So my co-host, Dr. Andrew Rothschild, not with me today, but I was uh, browsing on Spotify for PT Podcasts, and I came across Dr. Chris Garcia, and it sounded like he had an interesting case he wanted to talk about. So instead of actually spoiling it for myself, I reached out to him on LinkedIn. I found him, I stalked him, and I said, hey, you know what? I want you to come on and tell this story, because it sounds like something that possibly we all uh, can learn about manual therapy and joint mobilization. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Hey, Erson. Uh, thanks for having me. This is awesome, man. I'm happy to be a part of it. All right. So give us a quick background and then tell your story. Yeah, yeah. So um, my name is Chris Garcia. I'm a physical therapist. Um, I have a private practice in San Diego, and um, I have a an online education company where I teach sports PTs uh, how to have an experience that allows them to do the things that they always wanted to, uh, which is work with athletes and and do those type of things. So um, a little bit about my case. Uh, I used to work for the United States Olympic Committee as the physical therapist uh, who ran the Chula Vista Olympic Training Center. And uh, I would encounter a lot of um, random cases. So we would um, we would have athletes who would live on site um, and they would travel domestically and internationally for large events, world championships, Olympic games, Paralympic games, those type of things. And um, a lot of times when these athletes, they travel to these big events, um, they have these medical tents where you get to, um, you, you get medical care before an event, after an event or leading up to it. So I've had uh, three cases where uh, athletes have come back from these uh, uh, from these events and have actually come back worse than they left. So as a physical therapist working with with pro athletes, uh, my job was to get them prepped and they would depart a plane and they were off my hands. And then I would just collaborate with whoever was on site to be able to do that. So one of the most uh, crazy cases that I've ever um, encountered with just manual therapy alone. I had an athlete who was an overhead thrower um, who went to a world championships event and two or three days before the event, they wanted a little tune up. And, and what this typically means is like, they're not, they don't want any like really crazy things to be done to them. They just want like, can you make me feel a little bit better? Maybe adjust me, do whatever it is that you need to be able to do to, to prepare for a performance. And this medical professional, um, who had never worked at a big event like this, um, said, yeah, I can definitely help. And this is where the problem lies. This is where this medical provider, if you've never worked at a large stage like this, a lot of times they want to be the one who, uh, is the one that they can say that like that person performed well because of me. And so this provider did a, uh, grade five, uh, mobilization, uh, where the athlete was seated and they put their shoulder into 90 degrees of flexion and they gave a, an AP um, uh, actual um, movement. And it was grade five. And um, this person had never had that type of a mobilization. They thought, oh, that feels kind of funny. Um, and they felt a little clicky. And so when they went to throw, they couldn't throw. Um, it was actually more painful than when they came in. So the person flies back and they say, hey, you know what? Um, something's going on with the shoulder. We do a workup and you know, and turns out that um, they tore their labrum. And this was from a grade five mobilization. And so uh, lesson learned off of that, you know, you, you definitely don't want to do something that you've never worked with an athlete 
right before competition. And and that's the scary part if you um, if you don't work with them regularly. Um, I highly recommend that you go a little bit more conservative, give them a nice little easy uh, tune-up, uh, soft tissue you know, mobilization or whatever you want to do. But if you haven't worked with them, that's very, very challenging. And um, that's that's what I was confirmed by, uh, by MRI and uh, they ended up having surgery because of it. And this is a pro athlete, uh, very, very high in the performance at the time. So uh, yeah, that was um, that was one of my cases uh, that came across and, and this happened a few years ago and um, a lot of lessons learned uh, working with these type of athletes, man. Well, that's, I, <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, yeah, I, I've never worked in a big stage like that, but I've worked in like a training room or something. And yeah. um, yeah, I didn't do anything crazy unless they asked me for something crazy. Like I know that the guy who was working in the training room was just a massage therapist. So he brought me down to this university, he was division one athletes, and there was like three Olympic hopefuls there. And everyone was just getting everyone was just getting modalities. So it was crazy because I just couldn't believe it. everyone was just getting like ice, 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 or ultrasound or stim and everything. I'm like, where's all the treatment? You know? Right, so right, I right. did needling there just because like I could needle in Texas and not in New York, which is a yes. stupid thing, right? So, like it's just stupid that we don't have a universal practice act, you know. Um, but I think I think if you travel, I guess it's it's easier, you know, you have there's more liberties with that. I just find it crazy that's I mean, I, I just think that this is a crazy this is not a, this is not going to be a video podcast, but if you guys maybe I'll, maybe I'll post this one on YouTube or something. I'll post the video version of it on YouTube. But I I, I that is my least favorite thrust manipulation for an extremity. Mm. I mean, it, it's like you're you're already winding up the joint so much, and if someone's like possibly tight, I mean, I don't know this guy's build or anything. If he's like terrible internal rotation and you know hypermobility in a trunk or something like that, and then you wind him up like this, like. It's almost like, hey, I'm going to put you in, in like an impingement sign test and I'm going to mash you Correct. A to P as hard as I can. Yes. Uh, yeah. I haven't found anyone who even when it was indicated, whoever thought like, wow, that was great. I mean, when you when you get a thrust manipulation, I mean, again, I'm not I don't actually thrust a lot of extremities now, but most yeah. people like when you move quick, you want it to be you want it to be some kind of cavitation or something. And that one just never the only thing it. it like the wind up hurts, and then when you do the technique, it hurts. Yes. And then no one's ever said like, "Wow, that's like amazing." I'm so happy you did that. Well, and and the hard part is that um, so so, it's an interesting um, setup where my job is to prep people for an event. That was my job, like get them as close to 100% as possible, and then they would have one or two weeks at on site at an international event, and then you have no control over what happens to them. So you imagine like doing all the work and prepping somebody and then they can be messed up on the last little thing and you know on the podcast I, I gave three cases but ultimately they were all very similar on the week of the event when grade fives were performed by varying healthcare professionals so not just pts chiros there's massage therapists there's athletic trainers who are doing this and when you work at this level of a stage it's very difficult to do that you you place a lot of risk and if you don't if you don't do these things on a regular basis it's actually more risky for you to perform those on the week of the event and the challenge i see is a lot of clinicians will apply what they do in the clinic inside a medical tent on the week of an event and that's where it becomes very very challenging you're actually doing less like you're you're not being as aggressive as you would be in the clinic and so that you know i wanted to share it because it's real i think a lot of pts we don't we don't see those things very often but when you do then what what things would you be aware of that you shouldn't be doing? That's an interesting question that not a lot of people consider. 
For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, until I started working in like a gymnastics gym and just seeing athletes, I mean, if they were acutely injured, it's one thing, but yeah. then leading up to a competition, you do. I mean, like I naturally, I would get like cautious for them. And I just think like, oh man, am I, I don't want to do anything that's going right. to just ruin their competition. And that's just like not at a pro level. Right. I've worked with a couple of pro athletes, but again, it wasn't like leading up to a competition. It was more just like they couldn't compete at all. You know, so that's that's very different. But yeah, and leading up to any kind of competition, I always get nervous for them because it's a big deal. Correct. And and the thing I can tell you is if, if you ever have those opportunities um, to do that, whether you work at a high school or you work at a college and a pro setting, whatever it is, um, like Erson said, you, you, know, you almost don't mess them up. Like they're doing great. Don't change anything on the week of an event. It's like yeah. it's, it you wouldn't change training, right? You wouldn't change the programming. So why are you going to like just they've already peaked and they're coming down. Right. So as a clinician, that's what happens to your treatment like level. It just comes down with them. You're not trying to do anything magical. And that's the, the biggest thing I can tell anybody who's, who's uh, looking for those opportunities or is currently working in that. Just that's the thing ahead that, that uh, you're not seeing that might hit you in the very near future. So don't, uh, don't go too crazy. Yeah. It's probably a good idea not to go too crazy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where can people find you, Chris? Uh, yeah, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube at Chris Garcia DBT. Uh, I have uh, my online uh, education company, Chris Garcia Academy. Uh, for any sports PT who really wants to be able to thrive and enjoy what they do um, at the largest stages possible. So, right, everyone else says, "I want to work with athletes." <laughs> right? It, it's like anyone who's an athlete is like, "I want to work with athletes." Absolutely. I don't really know what that means. You know, like, what does that? What, what exactly does that mean? Just because you're an athlete? Yeah. What is an athlete? Right, we've right, talked about right. that. Yeah, so um, rare, rare random fact uh, that um, a lot of people don't know. Um, I love working with athletes. I've worked at uh, multiple stages uh, as a concierge, international traveling PT, um, but I don't enjoy watching sports. Um, <gasps> oh, oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> yes. Actually, you know, as a confession, Chris and I were just talking about this, and, you know, don't think any differently of me. I am an athlete, but I do not enjoy watching most sports so yeah it's crazy i mean like i said hey we could start our own podcast and it'd be like an audience of four other pts we could all like just bond around this this whole crazy concept of being an athlete but not necessarily watch enjoy watching athletics yeah. i mean i even enjoy watching move i enjoy watching athletes move i enjoy watching them perform but i mean in terms of like can i sit for an entire game oh, not really i don't know that'd be tough yeah, it is. It is. I mean, live is one thing. Even if I like don't like the sport, I like the live. So I think about the energy of it being there, but on TV, and it's kind of like people are like, oh, you're a Fairweather fan or whatever. You don't care about if your team loses. I'm like, yeah, you know, all of a sudden if like my favorite band started doing terrible music, I'm not going to just throw, keep on throwing money at them and hope they get better, you know? Right, right. I think the, the biggest thing for me in, in, in watching athletes is um, I like fixing them. I don't like to see them being broken down. And so I don't like to watch my athletes compete for that reason. Mm, I, I painted right. a oh man, it's hard. And you're yeah. just like destroying it. I'm like, oh, oh man, I yeah, I saw a, a girl. I did all kinds of BFR, all kinds of training after like a terrible gymnastics injury. She like flipped multiple times and landed and had a bilateral inversion ankle sprain, like a very high level athlete. And I rehabbed her for like three months, and at her first competition back, she just landed wrong again. And I was just like, oh man, yeah. I know it was like heartbreaking. That's why I don't like watching sports. 
right. Well, that's, a, <laughs> that's a good reason why. All right. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you have any uh, questions for Chris, reach out to him on social media. Make sure to rate Untold Physio Stories five stars wherever you listen to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. And as always, you guys have a great day. If you've had dreams of starting your own side hustle, make sure to check out Curve Health Online. They have an iPad, iPhone, and Android app, and they only take home 7% of whatever it is you charge. Otherwise, it's free for their all-in-one computer vision, exercise library, HIPAA-compliant messaging system, and telehealth platform. Again, check it out at modmt.com slash curve, C-U-R-V, and make sure to tell them Dr. E sent you.